The Gamer's Lounge with Ahmad Green is on the air. The Gamer's Lounge. It's time to press play. Welcome to the Gamer's Lounge. We got Mike and Ben in studio with me today. And uh, we got... So a fun, uh, I say a fun show ahead of you got for you guys listening in, and we got a, our first interview that I wasn't sure, and it was kind of last minute hell Mary coming from <laughs> my world, and I threw it out there to uh, Heather Garzio, if I'm saying that correctly, right, Heather? Garozo. Garozo. So Heather <laughs> is a longtime, I say, gamer that has, uh, mm -hmm. I say, inclined in her profession to a place of VP of Marketing and Diginitas, which is one of the big uh, esports organizations in the industry. They have teams in League of Legends, they have teams in CSGO, Smash Melee, um, Clash Royale, and also female team in CSGO as well. And she helps manages that and pretty much everything else. And it, <laughs> and is a Jack, I say a Jackie of all trades. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> in the industry. So welcome, Heather, to the show. Yes. Thank, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, excited to talk to you guys today. I've um, uh, been in the esports for many, many years now, and uh, it doesn't get old talking about it. Yeah. All the famer. Yes. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's big time. Yeah, so how we got introduced was um, with my new job title at Lakeland University, uh, David Galanetti, who is part of our marketing there, got an email, got some information on Heather, and it's like a mon. This might be a re she might be a resource, especially yeah. with with our team being co-ed and all this other all yeah. the things that we got to do in organizing. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, yes, I need all the help I can get here. So I reached out through her uh, to her through Twitter and DM. We've been DM back and forth for a couple of days now and uh, was very uh, receptive um, to me and asking questions and, you know, and then asking for, you know, potentially come on the show. But then also the help that I know I'm going to need, you know, in terms of the, the young women side of it, because I know in the industry, as Heather knows, and she'll talk about it, that the, the women's side of the industry in esports is still a turbulent area. Um, as we were talking about on our show, shows that we've done together, Mike and Ben, where, you know, I'm introducing you guys to this new industry and online with the headsets on, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot that's being said. Oh yeah, you a know? lot of terms that me and Mike are like, what? You right. Know? So working through that, she's so Heather has worked in this industry for twenty, I want to say twenty plus years, and mm -hmm. now where she is is just something to me that for me and what my job is going to be here and in the years to come at Lakeland University, definitely is going to be a huge resource. And she has already acknowledged, let me know that she will be able to help me out moving forward in uh, designing a program to be, you know, I say good terms of communication, but also making sure the young ladies that are a part of my roster feel comfortable and feel they could be, um, um, I say, listened to and watched being a player and or shoutcaster a part of the program. So, so right there, um, we'll get to, so Heather, um, first question here is give us a little, I say, background on you guys, on you, on yourself, to Ben and I and to the listeners here of where you, where you begun, where you've been, and what are you doing now? Sure. So um grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and um, I was a multi-sport athlete, just playing. That, that was my obsession in high school, just playing sports. Um, 
And on weekends, my brother would have his friends over, and they'd do land parties in the basement. And I'm just like, oh, gosh, this, you know, this is so nerdy. Um, <laughs> I just didn't want to be a part of it. Even though, like, on the side, I still liked, like, my Mario Kart and GoldenEye, but never, like, considered myself a gamer. Um, but he would, he would put, compete on weekends. He'd start coming home with a couple hundred dollars. And I'm like, that's pretty good for a high schooler. Um, and me being the competitor I am, I thought, okay, you know, I just don't want my brother to be better than me at anything. So I'm going to start playing. And it, it turns out that I was pretty decent. So we traveled to different uh, tournaments in Madison, Green Bay, Minneapolis, and we start coming home with some money. And um, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I can make something out of this. Um, a couple months later, we went down to Dallas, Texas for the CPL, which was uh, one of the first and biggest Counter-Strike tournaments in the world. At the time, the teams were playing for, I think, thirty or $40,000, but we thought that was absolutely incredible. Um, and this is high I school, thought, correct? You know, really, this is yeah, high school? Yeah. yeah, so that is big. Yeah, this is high school. That was big. So, you know, I, I'm like, well, I'm beating everyone in Milwaukee and Green Bay and Madison, Minneapolis. Surely I, I'm going to, you know, be able to make it on the world stage. Um, we played a team from Finland in the first round. Um, lost 16 to zero, sorry, 13 to zero at the time. Um, I was the only one with, uh, one frag. Um, so <laughs> I realized, okay, you know, I gotta, I gotta go back to the drawing different board. Different game, isn't um, it? Yeah, very different, very different once you play against, uh, some of the best in the world. So, but that, that only motivated me further. So, um, from there, I eventually gave up playing sports and, and just, uh, dedicated all my time to getting better at Counter-Strike. Um, I still was very like shy about it. I wouldn't necessarily tell my friends, didn't necessarily tell my family. Um, but I, I was competing for many years while going to school at the University of, of Wisconsin um, and started to get known on more of an international scale. And you know, I got invited to or qualified for some tournaments um, overseas in Europe, um, one specifically being the Female World Cup in 2012. Um, this is one of the events I, I was just desperate to be able to compete in. Um, I, I finally was able to qualify, and from there, um, I, along with the other American um, teammates, were able to win our first female world championship. Um, so uh, I, I still competed for the next couple of years after that. Um, specifically, it's uh, with the team that now plays for Dignitas. Uh, one day, we were just, just at practice, and, and we get an email from the Philadelphia 76ers, like, what, you know, what's this? It's got to be a scam. Um, and, and it wasn't. It was, it was the 76ers saying, hey, we want to buy your female Counter-Strike team. And, you know, that, that's when we finally turned kind of professional after those many, many years of, of competing. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, a dream became a reality. And, and now I work for that team um, as the VP of marketing. But um, it's been a, a very long career. Um, out of all the, the females in, in esports, I've competed in the most, most tournaments, um, which is something I'm pretty proud of. Um, some of those are against other female teams, but the majority of those are against either co-ed or, or male teams. Um, and then um, Heather, can last of yeah. yeah, well, let me just ask you a question. About, I would <laughs> think on the outside looking in that the, the gender barriers wouldn't exist in esports but obviously they mm -hmm. they they do have you broken down have you been kind of a trailblazer and broken down some of those barriers yeah yeah i think so you know i, I firmly believe that 
there's no physical difference that would um, hold a a female uh, back in esports. I think one of the biggest issues is just simply the the pool of of players. So if you look at the pool of male um, competitive esports players, um, you know, there's millions, but only like a fraction of a percent of those are, are top players. So if you look at the female pool of players, and it's significantly smaller, if you take a fraction of a percent of a very small pool, yeah, there's yeah. only few that really stand out. So one of my missions is to simply grow interest in uh, the interest of females getting into gaming, and eventually we'll start to see more stars play on those big stages. Yeah, that's uh, something that, for me, like I said, right away when I'm reading down the general requirements as the head coach and it had that on there, you know, co-ed team, and that just, you know, for me, green light, like, popped up and ideas mm-hmm. were popping up and very excited about that aspect with the – because when we're in that NACE, so in the National Esports uh, College, Esports Association, that's mm-hmm. the association we're in. So having them have that in the bylaws in the first couple of pages was very, uh, I say, fulfilling and happy to see that because they know and understand – you know, somebody has a finger on the pulse of that, that, that I say that title of what that mm-hmm. information mm-hmm. is in the industry, you know, moving forward there. So so you go through the competition, you're you're mm-hmm. playing CSGO um, just, uh, most of the time, correct? No other games at the time? That's correct. No, I'll, you know, I'll dabble in a few other games, but I, I really have to stick with CSGO to be the best because if I'm not playing, some, one of my competitors is playing and, and trying to surpass me. All right, so you go through basically being being a pro, being a player, and then going through the ranks mm-hmm. there. And then once that part of your career came to an end, mm-hmm. what was then your next des- decision? And then what profession are you going? In, are you into now? Once you mm-hmm. got that call from uh, Philadelphia. Sure. So um, about that time, I got the call. I realized that you know I'm in my early 30s and I can't necessarily keep up with the kids anymore. Um, and and I did have a marketing background and. Um, so I talked to Dignitas and, and, and the Philadelphia 76ers, and, and they found a fit for me. And at the time, it was um, the director of fan, fan engagement, which has since become VP of marketing. But the, the idea there is I'm just so incredibly passionate about esports. I, I, I truly believe that kind of this is the next generation of sport, and, and I wanted to share what is so special about what our, our players do, um, what our influencers do, and, and share that with the world. So, um, especially with our women's team too. So, um, we we have gotten our women's team in like the New York Times and ESPN, Sports Center, um, Sports Illustrated. You name it. They've they've been in some of these big outlets um, as a result of me and as a result of my my passion for bringing esports to the masses. Heather, how important was it when, you know, so Philadelphia reaches out to you, how important is that relationship between our, you know, what I, I don't know if this is the right phrasing, but our traditional professional mm-hmm. sports franchises and esports? How, how important is that relationship for esports growth? Um, to us, it's been incredibly valuable to um, improve the, the training regimens of our players. So our players get to go through kind of a boot camp training with the Philadelphia 76ers. We've leveraged their um, uh, sports science programs, so nutritionists, chefs, um, physiotherapists, um, various coaches that help us with the communication. That's been a great resource to improve our players' skills. And then on the reverse side, the 76ers has actually learned from us as an esports team because esports 
is really like kind of twenty four seven sport. You have you as a fan have this this unheard of access to your favorite players, and it builds this very very passionate fan base. So now the seventy sixers are starting to learn from us on other things they can do to build. Uh, various fan opportunities around their players. And you're talking about fan engagement there. Um, and that's something where, what? so to bring you up to speed, Heather, Ben and Mike and our another co-host that's not on today, John, I'm, I'm basically bringing, I'm educating them. I'm the, the house esports resident here at the... I'm a rookie. <laughs> He's a guru. I'm a rookie. <laughs> noob. He's a noob. Yeah. We're all noobs in here. So, so the premise of that is I'm educating my co-host, but then everybody that's listening that's learning about this industry that's so new. You know, they're hearing about their kids or their grandkids doing this or hearing about, you know, mid, you know teenagers winning $3 million and handing that check over to their parents, things like that. They're hearing about these events. So just educating them. And I, I listened to some previous interviews from you. What is something you where you say you want to educate people on things about esports to help it grow? What is What are some of them things you want to educate fans and new listeners that are coming into the industry? Sure. So obviously there's the, the stereotype that gamers are lazy, that they're antisocial. Um Obviously, you're going to have a few bad apples in anything you try to tackle, any sort of hobby. But um, as far as esports and, and the competitive side of it goes, um, it, it couldn't be the more more opposite to me. You know, the the people I've met, it, you know, inc- this is a very social uh, sport. Um, you are communicating with people from across the globe. You're able to interact with other cultures. You get to travel the globe. Um, and, you know, I, I've met uh, my husband, uh, many of my best friends, some that were even in my wedding through gaming. So it's incredibly social. Um, and then these gamers are very hard workers. So um, our League of Legends teams, for example, in our office, um, they practice about seven hours a day, six days a week. And outside of that, they're required to do additional work like um, going to the gym and meditation um, those are all parts of, of being an athlete. So that's very important to me. And then also it's, it's you know, breaking down these stereotypes, not just for um, players, but specifically parents. Um, you know, I, I know even my parents are a little concerned about, like, what is this you're doing? Why are you wasting your time? Who are these strangers you're going to meet on the Internet? Um, but, uh, you know, once my parents have seen all the opportunities that I've had um, that I get to travel the globe, they're, they're now very interested. All the families start sending around um, different clips of me uh, during matches. Um, you know, even when I told them that I was going to be on, on your show today, uh, you know, all, all my family's all lifelong Packers fans, and they're, you know, everyone's emailing today like, oh, this is incredible. Can you believe this? Esports are bringing these you know, amazing opportunities to, to gamers. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot to be proud of with esports. And years ago, I was ashamed and I wouldn't tell my friends. And now i um, very proud to, to say that I'm a former professional gamer and, and I absolutely love esports. So when, when, uh, when a 13, 12, 13-year-old young girl is mm-hmm. involved here, what's your message to, to to her because you hit it. I mean, mm-hmm. you've said that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You were hiding mm-hmm. it from friends and family mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. of a potential negative stereotype. How do you mm-hmm. play that forward now so that that doesn't perpetuate itself? Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the wonderful things is that through gaming, you you learn a lot of skills. You learn communication skills. You learn management skills. Um, 
you meet great friends. Um, you know, even even a lot of the guys think you're you know you're the cool girl now that you love gaming. You know, gaming <laughs> like I was looking up a stat this morning. Seventy percent of Americans are gamers, so um, it's it's certainly becoming more widely accepted. And honestly, like if if you're a gamer, you're part of part of the norm. You're part of the masses. Um, which I think helps it feel a little more safe. Maybe not everyone necessarily talks about it yet, but but the majority of people are gamers, and I think it's it's okay to open up about that. It's okay to feel accepted, and and there and and if you aren't, if your friend group doesn't necessarily accept it, there are a lot of communities out there that do, and I love what Lakeland is doing to support it, and I hope that starts to trickle down even into the high schools and the middle schools. I think that's where we kind of need the the most support there. Heather, I've yeah. one I have one more follow up on that. You you were talking about the the practice load and I'm on you were talking about it uh, yes. in our first episode. What's the worry or fear of burnout? Because we don't have our mm-hmm. athletes practice uh on the court on the mm-hmm. ice mm-hmm. um for 7 hours at, you know in a day, typically right. other than camp time. Um so what how do you have to measure that? What do, what do you do to prevent burnout mm-hmm. or overuse, or how does that play? Sure. So um, while we do practice a, a number of hours a day, we um, breaks are, are mandatory. Um, going outside is mandatory. Um, we take walks between practices. Um, we even have some various like neuroscience tools in our office that help uh, help allow us to meditate to get back into like a more relaxed state. Um, beyond more the mental, the physical, um, yeah. our players are all trained on the various stretches they should do um, for knee injury, knees, wrists, and back are, are the biggest concerns. So we make sure that we have the best quality chairs so you're sitting in a comfortable position, um, and then we do stretches between those games. I just set up more properly. I just to improve my posture. Just when you said that. Yeah. So um, to wrap this up, Heather, I just appreciate you coming on here, but I want – Quick question. One last question here is, as you, we were talking through Twitter and through our DMs, how you said you was going to help me um, with the process of what I'm doing at Lakeland to help encourage young ladies. So, what is something that you, between helping myself and then for the industry, that you want to help, you know, be the kind of the guiding light for, you know, down the line to continue this road? Sure. So, I think one of the most important things are, are not just having female role models in, in your uh, programs, but um, it's male advocates. Like those are our male advocates can, can be and should be our biggest supporters. Um, a lot of times you see, um, it's, it's happened to me too, someone's harassing you in, in game, and the majority of people know it's wrong, but no one stands up for them. So it's not just about training the females that this is a safe and comfortable and exciting space, but it's training the males, too, to welcome those females. Maybe stand, stand beside them and show them another trick in the game. Right. I think that's very important. And then besides the game itself, not everyone can be a good gamer, but, but, but there's other opportunities to work in this, this industry, and that's also something that's important to me, whether it's producing the game or helping to uh, do tech support on the computers or whether it's being an interviewer. Um, or building content around the game. There's so many other opportunities beyond just competing that females may be interested in. Um, 
So I think that's very important. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for your, your insight there. And maybe on a follow-up uh, interview, we could talk about what you're doing now and some of the things you do at the, the roving conventions that are go around the world, like DreamHack. And she does a, it's called the job I was explaining to the guys about being an observer yes. uh, for matches. Yes. And so essentially I'm an in-game director for many of the, the world's biggest events. That's so kind of my side job, That's but awesome. it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. Yep, kid. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So thank you. And on uh, iHeartMedia, we're getting in the space too. So hopefully we'll be bumping elbows at these events. Um, I've mentioned to the higher ups about DreamHack, about PAX, about E3. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be there. And then, when we're there, you're definitely welcome to come to the booth and hang out and talk. Please do it. That's great. I hope to see you guys there. All right. Thank you, Heather. Yeah, you can follow Heather thanks for on. Having me. Yeah, thanks, Heather. You can follow Heather on Twitter at Sapphire E G G. So at Sapphire G G is what it is. At Sapphire G G yep. on Twitter. So, so we had a great talk there with Heather no and kidding. excited about that. And like I said, me as a coach, but then really me as a father. I, well, she can be a female role model, right? Correct. I That's mean, what I'm, she should be. I'm a father of five kids, four daughters. Um, one of them goes to school right here in Madison. And one of them, uh, the other one's down in Texas. I'm working, living in Dallas area. Another one's here in Milwaukee at UW, um, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, excuse me. And um, Panther pride, you know, so, and my other daughter's you down in uh, Texas <laughs> and, uh, over there. yeah, <laughs> uh, in high school still. So just that right there in terms of me being a father, and Mike, you can relate to this too. Yeah. Um, Ben, I'm, I, I'm learning. Are you, I do not, 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 not a no. parent. Okay. I, no. I have so, six. You can, you can, yeah, so we can <laughs> relate take one on me. any of the kids, you know, boys or girls, but yeah. just being our kids and, you know, developing them as they grow older, right? And you know, from the childhood to teenage, and then on to out the door. And I honestly you know? didn't know that there was a a, a gender inequity in in esports. I, I mean, right. but she's broken down barriers and hit it early on, and now's front and center. And I think she, she hits on something there. When the guys go downstairs and play, uh, you know, games yeah. all night. When she was in high school, her brother, not, right? Not a big deal. I mean, that's oh, that's what boys do. Right. Girls go down and play the same thing. It's like, what's you going know, on? What are you doing? You yeah. know. So uh, it, I think it's a really eye opening to to hear that conversation. And Heather grew up in Milwaukee, went to school at the UW. Yep. Um, so she was front and center, right in our backyard, in that concept. Right. And really, if you open your eyes even and think about traditional sports. We saw the same thing happen. Sure, yeah. we go yeah. back in the fifties, the forties, and the thirties when women in baseball yeah. and all right. that and, was there. And here, from an esports, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. There's no limitation. There's no. I mean, she doesn't have any physical limitations. Uh, the young women that are entering into esports have no limitation. They can compete Correct. on the same level playing field. You can't do that in most no, sports, traditional. But in the esports world, you're on. It's a level playing field. Yeah. It's all the same. But it's the uh, anxiety that she brought up, sure. the nervousness, yeah. Yeah. the embarrassment. Yeah. And we know we were high schoolers. Yeah, we know what embarrassment it's a felt big like. Deal. We know what anxiety felt like when pressure. people making fun of you sure, if right. they find out this about you. Yeah. Right. So that's huge there. So. It's, uh, so that was a great talk there, no and that's kidding. why I'm doing this stuff because yeah. doing this show for this education right here, that eye-opening side of it. But then also it's going to be a fun side of it. So we're going to flip into – we talked about this. We set this up, this or that uh, segment here. Uh -huh. So we got about nine or ten items Yeah, I'm going to throw out there. You guys All right. give me your, your, your pick. So yeah. it's this or that. 
So it was, you know, salt or pepper, stuff like that. Yeah. So we're starting off with my favorite genre of things to talk about, comic books. Yeah. So DC or Marvel. Yeah. So I've been to DC. I like walking around the Capitol. Um, <laughs> I love it. Is wow. That, huh? No, you're wrong I'm in that. I'm a Marvel guy through and through. Okay. And you okay. know what? I really think it's because of the movies. I think Marvel makes better movies based on the comics than DC does. It's just my opinion. Yeah, they've they've definitely had the best game plan over the last right? 15, almost 20 years. Yeah. yeah. From 2008, Iron Man, first Iron Man, yeah. to basically Far From Home, Spider-Man, that yeah. ended phase four or yeah. phase three of what they call the different phases of Marvel going yeah. and yeah. continuing yeah. to tell all the few heroes and villain story. Right. This might take us in a completely different direction, but Amon, maybe you can explain to me, why can they not make a Superman movie that is just like... Awesome, like current. I know the older current. stuff. Yeah, the older ones. Best. Back Christopher, with Christopher Reeve. Reeve and Gene yeah, Hackman, awesome. even yeah. those guys. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't get. I don't that. know where DC has. The DC, unfortunately, I'm a DC guy, so okay. I'm, I'm a target. Oh, yeah, I'm you're DC. Batman. Exactly, but they dropped the ball in the movie making side of it. Yeah. Just the yeah. just the game plan of aligning the new Justice League, uh-huh. the new Batman with Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, She's aligning awesome. them. Awesome, awesome, yeah. but aligning them storylines. You know, when you tell the background, the origin stories of yep. these villains, of the heroes, they need to do a better, just a little bit of better job. They have yeah. they have the resources. You know, they have access to all the actors, all the money in the world, yeah. in the world yeah. to do that. Yeah. But the you, biggest, before all that, though, you got to lay down and basically go to paper yeah. and get it going. You know who kind of pulled me into to more of that world is Ryan Reynolds, Death Pool. Uh, you know, Deadpool, uh, Deadpool, Deadpool, Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love the, I love both of those movies. Now, which, Hilarious. which umbrella is that? That's his. That's uh, Marvel. DC, that's no, Marvel. you're right. That is that's Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. See, I'm not so. a fan of that movie. Oh, what? I love Ryan Reynolds. I don't like the language. I don't like the language in that oh, movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't need that. The in my bad Marvel language DC or movies. the bad language. Oh just, yeah, Ryan. He goes hard in there. And and it's just yeah. such it's so different than all the other Would you movies stop based being on a prude. Uh, I know. Huh? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> all right. That's what you want to call so me. we got all our uh, choices from there. So next uh, area, co- coffee yeah. or tea? Coffee. I don't drink tea. Uh, Adius had tea in here a few days ago. I looked at him funny. Um, <laughs> I got so my then, cup right here. I drink about eight cups of black coffee a day. Yeah, I'm so. a coffee okay. guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I say before. Radio, yeah. I was, I'm a tea guy. Yeah, I say now I'm kind of transitioning over to coffee. Yeah, you're right a health, now. you but you're very health conscious. Yes, that too. Right. So, but I've learned. I've done my homework on caffeine. Yeah. And how it stimulates the mind. Yeah. And gives you that little burst mm-hmm. of energy. Yep. So yep. I need that. Yeah. Because yeah. I got to be sharp on my toes dealing right. with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I got to make sure I know my stuff. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, it won't be a bad thing. I just do it once or twice a week yeah. during or right after right. or right, right before the show. Yep. So. Yeah. No doubt. All right, now going back to uh, more, com- I say comic book, but cartoon world from our time, uh, uh, Mike. So Autobots or Decepticons? Um, I would. Uh, Hold auto- on. Do you even know what those two things are? I'm trying to like, you know trying to like think comic books. What yeah. we're doing here? You, <laughs> I know you're older than me, but you, I would believe, yeah, you're probably out of high school yeah. around that time i'm in my early 80s uh yeah. so <laughs> what, um, what? <laughs> well you're in your early 80s or you left high no, school I, in the no, early 80s no, it's, no. You um, that up. yeah i don't uh <laughs> I, I don't know what the I don't okay know, so that's yeah. uh, optimus prime megatron okay. transformers yeah. transformers yes yeah. um they could change them from yep. a car yep. to a yep. robot yep. or a jet plane or yeah. tank okay. into a robot yeah, yeah. um and usually decepticons over the written Ben, you can agree with this. Over the years, from movies to the old cartoons from the eighties, they were the coolest looking vehicles. Yeah, 
it's like what's wrong with Autobots? They're like the um the bug, right. the yeah. Volkswagen, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. something very <laughs> right. boring. Um what's a Saturn? Yep. <laughs> but yep. the the, the Decepticons are are jet planes and blackbirds yeah. and um Ferraris. Yeah. You know, they they do some homework before they change into that <laughs> right. vehicle. So I'm right. but for me, I'm an Autobot. I me always too. I was in love with day. um yeah. Optimus Prime yeah. yep. and Bumblebee. Yeah. And uh how the old 80s cartoons growing up basically at every after every at the end of every episode Optimus Prime kicking Megatron's butt right and it's or Starscream kind of um, yeah. limping away saying I'm gonna get you right. later right. get you at another time and those cartoons are so cheesy I still think they could hold up today you put those on a Saturday morning I still think kids are gonna watch those. I don't know don't you really oh well, I'll say maybe the series but yeah. the movie no, I rewatch the- I rewatched the movie from 1988 or 89 okay. In the Not last, good? In the last 10 years. And I was like, oh, my God, what was I thinking when I was eight years old? <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't <laughs> it, hold up. It does not hold nah, up. It did. The graphics, so, see, I've never seen that movie. Is so much I've better. Never, right. Yeah, like, well, the graphics, yeah, I'm, I'm not even talking about, I'm talking about the dialogue. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sitting okay. there like, yeah. Yeah. I let this suck me in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there because I'm listening to the dialogue. It was the corniest. Really? Worst well, type of were, talk. You were twelve. I was eight to between eight yeah. and twelve. Yeah. Come on, I'm yeah. like they got me good. I saw about the cartoon series. I yeah. love it. Yeah, cartoon series good. All right, but. next uh, next uh, selection, candy or popcorn. Uh, I it, I can't walk by popcorn and not have popcorn. So popcorn is my choice. I can't go to the theater and not have popcorn. I can go to right. the theater and go watch a movie and not have candy. I'm not a big candy guy. I'm, I'm with you popcorn on popcorn. Guy. Every time I go to the theater, I have I to, to buy the game. large one. Yeah, I go so to I a game of having popcorn. I go to a movie. I'm yep. having popcorn. Right. I really don't have popcorn at home. Um, but and that's what it is, probably. Yeah. I'm a candy guy. Candy. Uh, yeah. I like uh, red yeah. uh, hot tamales. Ah, oh, that's Ooh. not Dots. even a candy. Huh? <laughs> what, what is it? That's not it's even a candy. candy. What is yeah, it? Is. Oh, it is. candy's candy. sweet. All right. Oh, tamales ain't All right. sweet. All right, now, now we're going to get a little bit <laughs> more. I didn't find out this. <laughs> what is this next one here? This next one, I, I did this one before, and it got so <laughs> judgmental, which is yeah, amazing. Be careful on this. So it's wow. fold it's or fold. crumple yeah, there's your no toilet crumple. paper it's no before crumple. you do your business. You fold. fold. It's just it's a roll fold. It's a simple so we've deal. Two folds. Yeah. I'm gonna fold. So we're fold. all three yeah, folds. Yeah, that's the right okay. way. To, that's the that's that is the grown up way to do it. Tell me I'm not why ball. not to crumble or crumple. The I don't want to wipe my behind. Not with a sure. Ball. Not sure where the crumple has gaps. That? It has right. gaps. Yeah, it has gaps. You don't want to get a gap. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get a fingernail. No, the knuckle. Come on, man. And and but when I did this a couple years ago, I was at a bar in Green Bay, uh, Brick House Burgers. Yeah, great place, great yeah. burgers. And I asked that question. You wouldn't believe the judgment and how many crumplers there were. Nah, what? It's just crumpling. It was amazing. It was, you it, with? it was a some bunch of animals. No, I was interviewing random people. Oh wow, come on, people. women wow. and men. It was few that crumpled. Wow. I was like, what is wrong with you? Wow. What do they do when they get the laundry out? They just Who throw knows? it in the drawer? They don't fold it? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, on, Chicago style or New York style pizza? Um, I, New York style. I, I used to like thicker uh, pies, like pizza pies. That's mm-hmm. Chicago style. Deep dish. I like where I can fold it and almost eat a big piece of pizza like a taco. Mm, I would say Chicago for me. I like the buttery I don't want, crust. I don't want a knife and a fork for my pizza. New York I don't style even, for me. I don't even use it. I mean, you. Yeah, I get it. Why? Yeah. But I just pick that thing up. Yeah. Do you <laughs> fold your pizza when you eat it? New yeah, York the style? New York style. Yeah. But you can't you do that with Chicago no, style. You can't. You no, you can't. Yeah, you can't do that <laughs> Chicago style. No. Yeah. No. Oh. All right. So another to- toilet paper one. So while it's in the roll, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Do you want? I didn't even know this was a thing. It, it is. is thing. So it when is, the paper is down or at yeah. the top, it isn't a thing. It's yeah. interchangeable. Or top, over, so over no, the top or under the bottom. It's interchangeable. It does not matter. It's got to come over the you, top. You, know, you cannot explain that properly. Man. Why? You, you, you cannot give. You cannot give a simple reason why that I will accept. I think it's easier to rip off. Oh, you're crazy. So that'd be over the top, then, yeah, right? Over for you. The top. For me, I don't even care. It doesn't matter. Look, as long as I could get it off well, the yeah, the right. roll. Right. It's I didn't even know this is a this is a debate, man. Yeah. This but this is a serious. No, nah, it's the topic. problem with the problem with toilet paper in that <laughs> regard is when you're in a public setting and you're trying to to get the loose to start out of the dispenser. Yeah, when, when you can't yeah. find when it, like there's nothing hanging yeah, down there. Yeah. You're going, Wait yep, a second. That's a bad one. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But All otherwise, right. Ben, come on, man. All right, Chris Farley or John Belushi. This is hard. This I know. Is hard. This um, is a challenge. I'll start Far- it off. Yeah, go. I'm. Go. Um. I would have to say, yeah, it's tough, but I'm gonna go for nostalgic sake because I grew up watching SNL yeah. from the early '80s on. Yeah. My mom let me stay up on Saturdays. Uh, so John Belushi, I'll go I, there. I. I, I mean, that's, I, a t- that's not I, an easy one though. So that wasn't easy. Generationally, I would also go Belushi, but I can't. I just can't call out four or five great things on Belushi. I thought he was, and I do think he was brilliant. Um, but Farley, mm-hmm. in oh, a shorter, about yeah. the same period of time, did yeah, more. Some stuff. More, yes. he translated better into movies. Yep. Uh, he was way out there on SNL. Um, I'm going to go was, with Chris Farley yeah, because I'm going Farley. Chris Farley starred in movies. He was the guy you watched. Now yeah. John Belushi was in movies as well, but he always had a partner. He always had a group around him. Whether it was the Blues Brothers, Dan Aykroyd. To me, sort of mm-hmm. carried that movie, and John chimed in with the funny lines. You go to Animal House, that was an ensemble. So I go with Chris Farley because of that, but they're both hilarious. Yes, hilarious. hilarious. And then last one for well. the day. <laughs> oh, I already know, Mike, you're here. <laughs> Beer or wine? I don't know. I already know your answer because you you own a place. I own a wine bar. Yeah, that'll so, be kind of uh, so odd. I'm, I'm on wine here. Ben's on beer. I know beer that. without a doubt. I He's on beer off. and crumpled toilet paper <laughs> no, and over the don't top. Put that and crumpled and Autobots no, and no. I mean everything the opposite of no. me. Oh man. Yeah. So I'm gonna say beer. <laughs> I'm a beer guy. There we but, go. Uh, but I enjoy the yeah. qualities there of wine, go. especially yeah. a red, yeah. a nice red, yeah, um, as well. So I know what well, we got time wise. We good? I think I, I think we have to wrap we, it up. We got to wrap it up. We're gonna have to wrap it up. But we're still that's okay. Banging out great interview. We're still banging out the the timeline of this. But I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. I'll uh, say we got other. Uh, Topics coming up next yeah. week where we'll be talking a little bit more about game. We'll get into the game releases. It was this great interview by Heather. That's why we went long. We'll talk about what's on stream. I'll keep some of the same topics of Hunters. I've been watching that. I binge me and uh, my wife Marie oh, binge Hunters. I just binged it yeah. on uh, Twitch or Amazon Prime. I might have to sit in for that because so we'll be, I so love be hitting that, that back. I'm you just want to little... give the two releases that are out. To, uh, ones today and ones March 6th. Yeah, uh, oh, game releases. Yeah, yeah. yeah so today, um, Murder by Numbers. Um, actually comes out Friday. And then also one of my all-time uh, first-person shooters, FPSs. First puppy sit. Uh-huh. Halo Combat. <laughs> hey, hey. Halo Combat Evolved on the PC released yesterday. Actually today. So check out that. And then, like I said, mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit more. But it was a great conversation with Heather. Yeah, that there. was fantastic. Yeah. And then the, the, I say the tone of esports from her point of view and where things are going and 
she's gonna I'm excited about her help. Yeah, you know, really she's good gonna stuff. do. She's a role me. model for other females that are out yeah. there in the gaming world and, and even want to jump into it, you know? Exactly. Really cool. Exactly. Awesome. So, for thank you. So thank you for jumping into the gamers lounge with Mike and Ben and myself. And uh talk to you guys next week.